I lived my life being sexually abused and being sold to others by my mother's husband. When I reached out for help, it got worse and it even became more painful than it ever did before. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There was no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Recently, we've been talking about the subtleness of sexual abuse and how it occurs in what on the outside looks like normal families, but in secret, something is going on. Now, listener discretion is advised because what you are about to hear is intended for mature audiences only. Sexual abuse to children is such an evil and is really orchestrated by the devil himself. And if you don't believe a devil exists, and you think there's no right or wrong, this story should change your mind. In our last show, Mark Sowersby shared with us how his mother's husband was repeatedly raping him throughout many years, and then started trafficking him to be used by other perverted men. He described how the trauma just numbed him on the inside, making him feel like he had no value, no purpose, and no way out. And one day he successfully told his mother, but she tried to tell her husband at the time to stop. And instead of stopping, things only got worse. Mark is going to share with us what happened. Mark, welcome back to the show. Thank you again for having me. It's an honor to be with you. Well, it's an honor having you, brother, because gosh, as I've been listening to your testimony, it just leaves me on the edge of my seat to see what happens next, because you really did live a life of truly being entrapped and ensnared. In our last show, your mom confronts her husband about the abuse and he like totally gaslights her and says, well, it's not quite that, but he does promise to not do it any longer, but then he does it again. Tell me a little bit of the details. Was there like a heavy physical abuse when he basically did it again? It was extremely heavy. It was the worst beating I ever taken. And I say that somebody took a lot of beatings. It was a very physical and evil beating. You know, first he pretended he was in a trance. So that was like a, a mental side, an emotional side. Weird. And then there was a baseball bat that day that came what? into the Yeah, baseball bat got involved that day. And I lost my two front teeth. Oh. Kind of like somebody would hold a pool stick and shoot it like a pool stick that would hit a pool wall. He hit me. That's how he did it? That's how he did it. It was the top of the baseball bat. He hit it right in my mouth, and I lost two teeth that day. Oh, my gosh. Since in my adulthood, have had to take care of. So, yeah, that became a very sadistic, a very cruel, a very kind of trying to beat me down, controlling, psychological, physical abuse. So I got beaten really bad other times. I was stabbed once. I've been burnt before what? with cigarettes. Oh my gosh, it is sadistic. Yeah, this was very sadistic, this type of beating, because it was trying to break my will. I think now when I look back, and I reason as an adult, it was trying to break my will and that I would never share that again. Well, this is horrible. Now, here's the thing. You lose teeth. I mean, of course, you know, you're trying to protect yourself because you think you're going to get in trouble with your mom. You tell her what? That you did it with your teeth? Yeah, you fell off a bike. Okay, so you told her that. And how on earth does your mom believe that? I think when somebody doesn't want to believe, when somebody just can't believe, when somebody can't handle that, they just believe what you say. 
I just can't believe it. I mean, did you feel this time that you could maybe instead of saying that, but like, mom, see, I was telling you, like, here's what happened. No, because after I told her the original time and then this beating took place, I guess there was fear in me. Yeah, I was so crushed. You never wanted that again. It was so bad. You were traumatized, basically. I was traumatized. Yeah, I was traumatized. Oh my gosh. Now, how did you eventually break free from this cycle of abuse? Tell me the first time you realized that you were big enough to fight him off. Basically, junior high, seventh, eighth grade in those days, I was getting larger, faster, stronger. I was starting to get involved in sports. And I just realized that I wasn't going to go down without fighting. Something like clicked in my head. Like, I'm going to take my swings too. You might get me, but it's not going to be like it ever was before. I am not going to go down as just this broken person. Mm. Something started to rise up. Maturity, understanding, age size. Something started to rise up and I remember fighting him off for the first time. Wow. So you like kind of fought him off and then I understand like you ran. I did. Yeah. He came on me as he did many times before and with all my might. And I say that with everything within me, physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything that was in me, I pushed him off me and I began to run. And I think that because I had a physical response, it scared him. Mm. He didn't know what to do because he never saw that in me before. And I just ran. He thought he broke your will. Yeah. Yeah. So I just ran and ran and ran. I don't know where I was going. I was just running until I couldn't run anymore. But I understand you took refuge, thank God, with someone in your family, we'll leave nameless, but was basically a family defender. Yeah. And you told this person what was happening. That's right. I found my defender. I went and found an adult in my family that I love and respect. And I went to that adult and they started to defend me because they believed me. Wow. How important is that? Wow. They believed me and they defended me with their love, their strength, their hope, their grace. Because they believed me. Now, what happened after your family defender knew? Like, I understand this person told everybody or challenged the whole family. Is that right? That's right. That's right. That person challenged the family with the news and everything changed after that. Everything where I lived, where I stayed. So from that moment on, from the age of 14, when I started to defend myself and when I found my defender, everything stopped as far as the physical abuse. That all ended. I was never raped by anybody ever again. Wow. My gosh. Thank God. Amen. Now you're in a safe part. You're safe. But the trauma and the pain followed you into your place of refuge. Explain. Yeah, you know, those words of hatred, of self-loathing, are words that followed me into my adulthood, everywhere I went. Because even though the pound of flesh stopped being taken, I was still tethered to the lies that he planted in for so long. It was still the rudder that was steering my life, that I was no good, that I was stupid, I was fat, I was ugly, I was trash, I was uh, this or that. It was always bad, and that lie stayed with me for a long time. Wow. So, how did you come to know Christ as your Savior? I mean, how does this happen? At 16, I was at an apartment complex pool, and the lifeguard invited me to go to church. Wow. She was pure of mine, and she invited me, and she brought me to an evangelical church, and I'd never experienced anything like that before. So, tell me what happened that day. I mean, you're already inside feeling like you're nobody, so you're probably not feeling very confident, and then suddenly this female lifeguard is inviting you to church. It must have been amazing. Were the people welcoming to you? Oh, yeah. It felt alive. It felt normal. I think that's the best way I could say it. For all my life, I never felt normal. I was carrying this ugliness 
And when this girl, a peer of mine, said, hey, Mark, you want to come? It just was normal. I was like, hey, this is what normal people do. And of course, I wanted to go to church with her. You know, she invited me and her and her boyfriend came and picked me up that day. So, (laughs) Wow. So then what happened at church? So I walked into a room that was the 80s. We all had mullets. It was the rule. (laughs) (laughs) So I walked in a room and I just found people that were my peers and people that were having this expression of faith that I'd never heard before. Mm. So what happened was, is that Saturday, I went to church on a Wednesday, that Saturday at home, in my ears, it sounded like a million cars were in front of my window, Mm. but it was probably only four or five. And these kids got out of the car. They all invited me to go with them. And I didn't have money. I didn't have the shoes. They were going to go climb a mountain. I didn't have anything, but they didn't care. They went out of their way to invite me. And that made me feel good. Mm. It made me feel valuable. It made me feel accepted. And that moment will live in my spirit for a long time. That little act of a bunch of teenage kids saying, hey, come on, Mark. Come on. I just remember that somebody went out of their way to me. And so you felt special. So then how did you receive Christ as your savior? So on the way home, one of the young men who was driving the car, you know, he was cool because he had a car and I didn't. (laughs) He said, hey, Mark, do you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? I probably didn't even really understand what that meant, but I wanted what they wanted. Mm. And he led me in a prayer that I would come to know as the sinner's prayer. Lord, come into my life and forgive me of my sins. And I said that prayer and God's been faithful to that prayer my whole life. Wow. Mark, let's stop there. I am so glad to hear of how your family defender really stepped in and became like a redeemer in your life. And I want to have you back on our next show to understand how much you overcame, because this is a lot of trauma. This is like a lot, a lot of trauma. And I want to talk about how this faith in Christ really changed things for you. So thanks again so much for joining us. Thank you again. Don't go anywhere. I have some thoughts I wanted to share with you right after the break. Hey, everyone. As an evangelist, I'm really into changing people's lives with a powerful message of the cross. Do you know people are getting set free from drugs, addictions, and internal anguish by the power of the Holy Spirit working through our show? Will you ask the Holy Spirit if He wants you to partner with us financially? Every donation will help us to reach 1 million more people. Think of it. 30 people giving $100 a month will bring this show in front of 1 million more people. Will you help me to get to one more city in the U.S.? You can give by going to awakenthenations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More Real Life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We want to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? For me, I'm so happy that young Mark broke free from this abuse and finally sought refuge. He finally had enough. He finally stood up for himself. That's the thing. Standing up for the right thing, even if it's for yourself, there can be a heavy price to pay. You really hear that when he told his mom and then his stepdad lies, pretends to not do it anymore, but then escalates the physical abuse. This is how evil works. When someone doesn't get their way, when someone doesn't get what they want, they'll use power in order to force to get what they want. It reminds me that this stepdad came into the family as a nice guy, someone buying gifts and being a great guy, but then pure evil is behind it. And you know my conclusion? Not just from Mark's story, but that evil exists and it's always the same. 
Because ultimately, it is not from Mark's stepdad, it is from Satan himself, expressing his evil ways through a human being. Satan always finds a way in, but then takes it by force. It's written in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Satan is actively working in this earth to find people to devour. That means to swallow alive, to destroy their lives and their destinies. Mark's stepdad's life was being destroyed as well, but Mark was an unwilling victim. But eventually, Mark got deliverance when he started to make his stand. Mark was ultimately delivered from his oppressor, and that is the common storyline in the Bible. For example, how God set the Israelites free from slavery. God is always the deliverer. And you can hear when Mark came to know Jesus Christ as his Savior, that true deliverance started because he was being delivered from the trauma and damage of his past. Where are you at this? Has something traumatized you in your past? Is there something you need deliverance from? Father God, I'm praying for the people who need deliverance. Lord Jesus, you're not the author of sin in this world, but you are the author of deliverance from sin. And we're asking for you to be our deliverer. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you were blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. If you need prayer, please give us a call at 877-480-4477. That's 877-480-4477. See you next time.